Today on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through New Japan Strong episode that happened on Friday. Then we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite episode that we saw last night. And we're also going to go to the NXT TakeOver 30. We're going to go through all that, plus some news here and there, that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the ultimate one, coming to you live from New York City. And yesterday, I had the opportunity to sit down and probably watch almost seven hours worth of wrestling. Yes, guys, I watched seven hours worth of wrestling. I saw the New Japan Strong, uh, New Japan Cup USA Finals. I saw AEW Dynamite with the ending that was chaotic. And I saw NST TakeOver. We had new champions and uh, and that TakeOver. And it was exciting. Uh, I cannot say that there was anything that I didn't like. Um, and um, I will go through it one by one. So we're going to start off with New Japan. Uh, New Japan's Cup Finals for USA. Um, I think I thought this was just going to be a thing that New Japan was doing as far as just for the Cup, the New Japan Cup USA. Instead, they, I guess they're going to do this every week and we're going to have an hour worth on New Japan Strong for USA. So uh, it looks like AEW and WWE and impact and ring of honor well not ring of honor but impact so all should be looking back behind them because new japan just automatically already launched the usa stuff i mean they already had launched in the beginning of this year um and when they started off in north carolina way before the pandemic closed everything down so now new japan is in the united states and they're using all the wrestlers who are uh here in the u.s and we had the New, Japan, the New Japan Cup 2020 USA Finals. and But, but the show started off uh, with Adrian Quest and Rocky Romero versus Danny Limelight and uh, the DKC. Now, Danny Limelight, Rivera, I never seen them wrestle. DKC, never seen them wrestle. Also, Adrian Quest, never seen them wrestle. So what I'm looking at here as far as New Japan is they're grabbing wrestlers they are here in the United States that don't have any work right now, and they're bringing them in. Danny Limelight, he looked pretty good, um, and there was commentators were saying that Rocky Romero was interesting in getting um, Danny Limelight Rivera and having him under his wing, which would be great because Rocky Romero has been in the freaking business for 20 plus years. Multi IWGP Tag Team Junior Champ with Alec Kosloff. Um, and um, Trent from Breast Friend, they were tag team champions a couple of times. He's been multiple tag team champions. So, um, 
So that was that was a good thing that they I heard, but in this match, if Danny Limelight was his opponent with DKC, Adrian Quest, he showed me pretty good that he's he's alright. You know, uh, I think he still needs a little tune, a little tune up. But at the end of the day, Adrian Quest and Rocky Romero ended up defeating Danny Limelight and the DKC. That was the first match for the New Japan Strong Style or Strong, whatever you want to call it. Um, as the episode started, the next match was another match. It was a tag team match, but these guys were not no young lions or guys coming up. These are guys. These two teams um, were veterans. We're talking about Chase Owens from Bullet Club, and no other than the Switchblade Jay White. So Bullet Club was in full effect. And I'm surprised to see Jay White because Jay White, I thought Jay White was stuck in New Zealand, but I guess not. He was stuck in the in the states. So Jay White uh, was teaming up with Chase Owens to go against Villain Enterprise, but they didn't mention Villain Enterprise. And I'm talking about Flip Gordon and Brody King. Uh, and it was weird because it was like watching Villain Enterprise versus Bullet Club, but they didn't mention Villain Enterprise in this. I guess. You know, they don't want to give that um, that notoriety to Marty Scroll, being that Marty Scroll was involved in the, uh, the speak movement, and he hasn't been heard of at all. So, he's no word, he's not even in Twitter, nothing. You don't haven't heard anything from Marty Scroll. So, I was surprised. I, was, I wasn't surprised that they didn't mention Villain Enterprise. They did talk about Ring of Honor. This was a good match because what happened in this match was. Uh, Chase Owen and Jay White, they concentrated in keeping Flip Gordon in the ring and making sure that he did not tag uh, Brody King. And, I mean, you could only do such things as long as you can. Well, Flip Gordon is no slouch. Flip Gordon is going to bring it to you. But, they, you know, they kept working on Flip Gordon throughout the whole match until finally Brody King comes in. He take care of uh, Owens and Jay White. And... At the end, um, you saw how uh, Brody King and Flip Gordon ended up catching Chase Owens by himself, and they ended up pinning Chase Owens. So he takes the pin. But a surprise, surprise at, uh, wrestler that came out of nowhere when um, you look like Jay White wanted to come in and give Flip Gordon the, uh, the Blade Runner. Brody King went after Jay White. But out of nowhere... This big human being comes in and starts attacking Brody King. And I'm like saying, who the hell is this? And it was no other than Hikaleo, the brother, the younger brother of the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga uh, Tangaloa. The brother who's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's back. He's ready to wrestle. So just watching this itself, I was like, you know, I was surprised that, you know, um... To see Hikaleo back, because I think he was injured, but not. But it goes to show you that New Japan is not playing games. When they said they wanted to open New Japan USA in the United States, they meant it. This is not good for Impact if you think about it, because Impact was the 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 promotion who bought the Access Channel, who New Japan was in, along with the Women's Wrestling, and they kicked out New Japan out of Access Channel because they wanted to be the only brand. And they own well, they own the freaking channel. But instead of working with New Japan, they decided to kick them out. 
So it, it didn't make no sense. So so afterwards, we had the New Japan USA final match, which was Kenta versus De, uh, David Finley. David Finley tried to do as best as he can um, in this match, but Kenta was too much. Kenta is one guy. He is a legend in Japan. WWE had him. They had him. I forgot what he went by the name of. They had him. And then he got hurt. Then nothing. He was disappointed. He goes back to Japan. He's a legend in Japan. He's in probably in the top five Rushmore in Japan as one of the best Japanese wrestlers. This guy, is a, he's a devil of a wrestler in, in Japan. So Kenta ends up beating David Finley to win the New Japan USA Cup. And now he gets a shot. At the United States IWGP title that is currently held by John Moxley, the AEW World Champion. So, sure enough, I was like waiting, sitting down, waiting for see if Kenta will say anything about John Moxley, and he grabbed the mic and called out John Moxley. He said, "Where are you?" He said, "I'm coming for you, John Moxley." So it looks to me, um, I mean, I could see the scenario going on here. Um, John Moxley, if he keeps the AEW belt, um, it will not look good for AEW when the time comes for Kenta to get a shot at the United States belt. And I'm going to tell you why. But before I say that, after the match that he called out Moxley, Jeff Cobb came out and went after Kenta because last week, Kenta low blow Jeff Cobb to go to the finals. Now, in Japan, whether it's the G1 Climax or any, the New Japan Cup, whatever, you're just supposed to defend the certificate. They got a certificate inside the briefcase. You defend that certificate, and then you end up, um, how you call it, um, defending it, and then you get a shot at the title. So it's not like you're automatically getting the shot at the title. It's not like that money in the bank. You're getting the shot at the title. Um so it makes it more interesting. So Jeff Cobb is the guy who's going to be challenging for that certificate since Kenta pretty much stole the match last week against him. Um, so it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because now it makes it interesting that you got somebody you could wrestle for. So by then, Moxley could probably give up the belt to MJF. Well, I still think he's going to MJF is going to beat him some way or the other. But I'm going to tell you why once I get to the AEW. Uh, review so um so if moxley drops the aew belt then aew doesn't look bad if moxley loses to kenta and lose the united states title because he has held that belt since january since he beat lance archer but again the pandemic just put the wrestling world upside down and pretty much just stopped everything so we'll be right back after this with a short message and we're back. So now we're going to go off with the AEW Dynamite review. I'm going to feel strange doing this because usually I do this on Thursdays. And, of course, Wednesday there wasn't a AEW show because it was supposed to be shown last night. So AEW started off with Private Party versus FTR. Now, the surprising part of FTR coming out tonight with Tully Blanchard in the corner. So... um. Pretty much, we got three out of the four horsemen coming up. And, and I don't care what anybody tells me. And they're going to tell me, oh, you keep talking about this thing. It's happening. Tully Blanchard owns the right for the four horsemen. He already has Sean Spears, 
He has FTR. And guess who's going to be the next guy? It's definitely not going to be Cody. It's going to be Hangman Pace. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a reenactment of... 1988 when Barry Windham turned on Lex Luger in the middle of a clash of the champions and gave Tulian Arn the world tag team titles. And I'm calling it right now. If it doesn't happen on Ola where, where Hangman Page turns on Kenny Omega, then I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Because already there's a, it's already it's already a plan. You know what I'm saying? So Private Party versus FTR. Um was a, a match uh private party this match didn't look that green uh mark quinn was most of the time in that match and fdr of course showing a ruthless side of themselves um and they pretty much were um in the beginning looked like it was a seesaw back and forth between private party and fdr onto fdr took control of the match with the tag team and they i love you know when it comes to fdr they does remind me so much of R. Anderson and Tilly Blanchard. They style, they, they methodical style when they're in that ring. They take their time. They're not flying all over the place. You know, the way old school wrestling should be. So, and as soon as I said to myself, well, look, Private Party is not looking green at all. Here it comes. They're tagging Isaiah, Cassie, and Isaiah just showing so much green. This guy needs uh, so much to learn still and that's why i don't get how aew accepted uh private party to aew when i don't think they were writing that when they went house of glory and um i think they that opportunity was given to them for for whatever reason uh but uh isaiah's show his his green and he's still green and doing that massively um and to kind of interfere in that match took out um i think it was dash out of the way and um quinn hit the the turnbuckle or the post outside and private party went and put the good night express on cassidy and they ended up pinning private party and the winner of that match ftr and i'm telling you right now ftr looks so good they're gonna win the belts whether you like it or not they're gonna win the belts because they're the best team right now in that whole tag team roster right now. You know what I'm saying? And them winning the belt, pretty much solidifies what I've been saying for months about this full horseman thing. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, then they had a Moxley promo. Uh, he said that when MJF, you know, MJF is the future of wrestling. And 25 years down the line, that he's might be the future around the line. He hopes AEW is still around 25 years uh, around for 25 years um he said he don't think he's gonna be around that long because he still wakes up getting beat up and all that but he also said that um you know as mj needs to move out of his mom's basement and, and and try to be the best he can so right after that we had mjf come out and he pretty much called moxley a a coward because of his attack last week and hit him with the uh, what we call the paradigm shift and now he's with his uh, entourage his secretary was smiling through the whole promo which was funny to me because I'm like wow she's smiling in the back and then all of a sudden some lawyer come out and pretty much said that 
they want to ban the paradigm shift whole for their title match. And he, they kind of challenged Moxley saying, you know, uh, we'll, we'll um, challenge you. Do you accept? Um, it's kind of stupid because, well, on their part, because Moxley, if they didn't watch the Brody Lee and Moxley fight, Moxley used the paradigm shift. Brody kept getting up. Moxley ended up choking him out. So that's not his only move. So I don't know where they're going with that, but it's going to be interesting next week because they're going to have a contract signing, which will be very interesting, and that's going to be Thursday instead of Wednesday again because of the NBA playoffs. But that's something to look for. An interesting tag team match um, was set up, which I, when I first heard of it, I was like, why is this tag team happening? But they had to put the tag teams on the on TV. They had the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade versus the Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express. During this whole match, uh, put it this, way, this match already started with jumping all over the ropes. It was jumping all over the ropes by Lucha Brothers. Another two-paced suicida that I see this every week when the wrestlers doing the same two-paced suicide. Everybody's doing it. Before, it was only Jay Lethal and Seth Rollins who used to do this all the time. Now, everybody's doing it. Everybody. Which kind of messes up in the wrestling business because now everybody, no matter how big, how small, everybody's doing a two-paced suicide. So, but this one, uh, Jungle, Boy, Jungle Boy hit a two-paced suicide and missed Butcher completely. He went and hit the gate. And I, I had to be like, wow. But this is what we're talking about. I think um, we uh, when I, I was in my boy's podcast last week, that uh, and a, my boy John Rondo made it clear that these guys, they start off the match at 95 to 100 miles per hour, and by the time the middle of the match, they're blown out, and then when they try to do wrestling moves, they mess up. And sure enough, it was after that two-page suicida during that match. Dusty Rowe missed a whole Canadian Destroyer. It was horrible. It was just horrible. I couldn't. Uh, I, I didn't understand it. So the ending of the match, Pentagon got pissed at Blade because they were going to do a package power driver on, I believe, it was Jungle Boy, and uh, Blade and Pentagon got into an argument, which uh, which mean Pentagon puts Blade Blade of. Um, kind of stumbled back and he got rolled over for the pen. So uh, the Natural Nightmares and the uh, Jurassic Express won that match. But here's the interesting part. While these guys are arguing back and forth, Butcher and Blade and the Lucha Bros, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out. And Eddie Kingston starts talking about that they shouldn't be fighting with each other. They all came from the from the same spot, uh, you know, the Indies and blah, blah, blah. So he was, uh, and then he said, let's do a group hug. And while he's doing a group hug, he's looking at the camera and he winks at the camera. So now we don't know what Eddie Kingston is up to, but you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping that Eddie Kingston goes with Proud and Powerful and has them, them three together. Because like I said, Proud and Powerful does not belong in the inner circle. They don't, they look like clowns in inner circle. When they by themselves as a tag team, like guys like Eddie Kingston, that's real right there. So that's um, so that was very interesting. That's something to look for, maybe coming up um, all out or after all out. So we're gonna uh, keep an eye on that. Um, 
Britt Baker did another promo talking about hiring somebody for, to wrestle uh, Big Swole. She hired Penelope Ford to do her dirty bidding. I think they're going to wrestle next week. Tony Schiavone then had an interview with Orange Cassidy. Chris Jericho comes out doing that interview. Now, mind you, Orange Cassidy was with Best Friends. And um, so Jericho comes out and he's complimenting Orange Cassidy. And he offered to wrestle Orange Cassidy one more time. Get this. Ready? And a Mimosa Mayhem match. Now, I do not know what in blue hell that is. So, I have no idea. So, uh, Jericho puts it together. Jericho, is gonna, this is going to come out. This is the same thing that happened with Stadium, Stadium Stampede. When I first heard it, I was like, what? What kind of stupid crap is that? Uh, and it turned out good. It was funny. It was hilarious. It was just entertaining. I loved it. I don't care what anybody says. But now you're going to have a Mimosa Mayhem match. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say with that. Until I know what are the rules. And until I see it, I will not comment on it. So, But uh, Jericho was wanted to do a toast. And he called out his friends. The inner circle. And they surrounded the ring. And they beat up best friend Orange Cassidy. They took Orange Cassidy. Uh, actually, Chris Jericho hit Orange Cassidy with the Judas Effect. And then they just started pouring a little bit of the bubbly all over. About three or four bottles on top of uh, Orange Cassidy. Then we have... Uh, Dark Order versus the Elite. This match uh, was had Mark Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Dio Five, the Dark Order Five versus the Elite. Uh, Dark Order um, were going back and forth with the Elite until Dark Order blasted Omega with a chair, not once but twice, and then they took control of the match. Uh, one point, Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, and Mark Silver went and. They power drived both both uh, young bucks, but then Mark Silver go and grabs Matt and power drives Matt on top of Nick. Something very unique that I never seen before. It was a crazy move, but at the end, Omega One Wing Angel Darko to five, um, and they went and they ended up winning that match. But then Kenny goes out of pocket. He grabs the chair and. He power bombs uh, um, Dark Order, or he wanted his power bomb Dark Order Five on the chair, but the Young Bucks stop him. So, with that being said, I could just only say with that is Kenny Omega is going back to his old ways in Japan, and it's gonna he's gonna snap, come all out because Handman Page is gonna end up turning on him and whatnot. So it's it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Um, so. You already see the old Kenny Omega coming up. They had an FTR promo or interview with Tully Blanchard and uh, uh, Fear the, the Revolution or, or Revolt, whatever you want to call it, FTR. Um, as they were talking and talking about why they picked Tully Blanchard, Handman Page comes out and starts questioning what was that last week with the spiking of Rick and Morton. They claim they don't have a problem with uh, Handman Page. They pretty much said the elite. Um, you know, trying to stop him from what he could be. So it pretty much is telling you right there that Hamman Page may be the fourth member to create the Four Horsemen. I keep saying it. Uh, at first, I thought it was Cody because of his relationship with Art Anderson. Um, but 
what I saw last night, I doubt that's going to happen. And the Hatman page looks more like the guy who's going to be the one who's going to be with FTR since they all hang out together now. They're from West Virginia, North Carolina boys, Mid-Atlantic boys. So, and then Sean Spears, you know, uh, I know Art Anderson kind of uh, said in an interview that Hatman Page reminds me, reminds him of of Barry Windham. So, that's something to look for. Darby Allen then uh, was the next guy up in a pretty much like a little squash match because he wrestled Real Hobbs. Real Hobbs is the second time I seen them in wrestling in AEW. I saw them wrestling dark and uh, dark AEW dark. It's a powerhouse, uh, but this is more of what was a match to set it for a setting for him against Brian Cage. Afterwards, um, Darby wins that match. Of course, uh, Taz got on the mic. Ricky Stark comes out with a skateboard with a skateboard and pretty much painted like Darby Allen. He said he likes skateboarding and turtles, which I found that a little hilarious on that. But as he, um, Ricky Starks was um, having Darby Allen's attention, here comes Brian Cage with the FTW belt and slams uh, Darby Allen in the head with it. And and that was it. Um, but it looks like Ricky Stark and Darby Allen uh, will face each other probably all out. And with Brian Cage, and of course, Tim Taz right now. Is the team to to come out? So while before they won the commercial, there Sammy Guevara comes out with his you know with his cue cards, and they go pitching, pitching, and doing the pitching and pitching. You see Matt Hardy comes out of nowhere and attacks him, and starts beating him with a chair. Then at one point he just flings Sammy Guevara from the stage into a table outside, and I was like, wow, and. And it looked like Matt Hardy was on another spaced out. Like, he wanted to beat the crap out of Sammy Guevara. Um, so, that was cool. Then they had a, another promo. With no other than the NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa pretty much um, challenged Hiroko Shida for a shot at the belt for All Out. But here's the interesting part. So, uh, it's surprising to see an NWA champion going to AEW champion, I mean AEW, and challenge the champion in that promotion. I said to myself, wow, this is great because this is something I had did, uh, I did a podcast about three or four or five months ago when I said when um, Marty Scrooge signed with Ring of Honor, he was going to be the head booker. I said there's going to be some type of allegiance between NWA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and AEW. And those feathers are going to get together. There's a little sign there, but um, I'm going to have to bust the bubble on that. And I'm going to get to that by the ending of all this. And I'm going to let you know why. AEW Women's Cup, Cup uh, the finals, uh, uh, the draw, whatever it was. Diamante and Ivelisse versus the Nightmare Sister. I was watching this like a hawk on this match because I said if... Um, Eva Lee and and Diamante lose this belt, this match against the Nightmare Sisters. I am gonna lose my head off because Brandy looks horrible. I don't care what anybody says. Brandy can't sell. Brandy can't wrestle. Brandy is horrible. She's been in the business for God knows how long, 
Allie is the one that makes it look good there because Allie has some experience. But Brandy is terrible. I, I just don't didn't like it. But I like the ending of this. Diamante and Ivelisse ends up winning the whole thing, beating uh, Allie and um, Brandy. Um, so that I was glad that happened. I don't really gonna get into the match because Brandy messes up everything. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but she's she's horrible. But I'm glad that Diamante and Ivelisse won. But the funny part is the Medusa came out to into to. Congratulated the champions and with flowers, not well, not the champions, but the winners. And the winners ended up slamming the damn roses on the floor, pull out the Puerto Rican and the Cuban flag, which made me proud as a Latino. So I'm glad that they won that um, that uh, the whole tournament. Like I think they were the better team besides uh, Anna J and Ty Marty, whatever her name is, that came from NXT. Everybody else in the thing sucked so uh the tnt title match which was uh pretty much already knew who won the match a couple of weeks ago somebody sat in the dailies place and spoiled the taping and the taping according to the person who was in reddit some asshole which i know who he is he's an asshole Said that uh, Eric Rowan showed up at the fight, at the match between Cody and Brody Lee. Well, last night you didn't see that. I think they redid the taping because what went out. So, supposedly, Brody Lee came out and dominated this match. Cody didn't even get one offense in. And Brody beat Cody in probably five minutes and became the TNT champion what happened afterwards was the craziest thing i ever seen since nexus probably or nwa did they destroyed everybody they beat up r anderson r anderson we're talking about r anderson r anderson got surrounded by a bunch of dark older guys and they went after him r anderson tried to defend himself but Broly lee went and kicked him right in his chest he super kicked him in the chest you believe that? That was crazy. I was like, get the hell. So you figure, where's the elite? Where's the Nightmare family? Well, sure enough, you see the Nightmare family. Well, first, uh, uh, Brandy came out. And Brandy tried to cover Cody. Because Cody got beat up. They they, they put him in a stretcher. He, I mean, he got beat. I mean, i never seen Cody get beat like this. Brody Lee just destroyed him. And then... um. He got thrown out of the uh, the uh, stretcher. They beat him up. They beat up our Anderson. Brandy came out trying to save him. She tried to cover it. Brody Lee calls Anna Jay, who's part of Dark Order, and she chokes out Brandy. So now you figure, where is QT Marshall? Where is Dustin Rhodes? And sure enough, they beat up Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall on their way to them, and they threw them all in the front of the stage. It was just chaotic. It was chaos. Never seen nothing like that on an AEW show. But it is interesting now. Because now you went you had to redo the taping because some a-hole decided to um, pretty much um, um, ruin the ending of of that match. And, you know, given, given the results online like an asshole. And 
They redid it, and they redid it perfectly. No Eric Rowan, though. But I'm sure that I'm sure that probably Eric Warren will be part of Dark Order, which is it's gonna be crazy. But it's very interesting. I like the way it ended, and I'm really looking forward for next week for um, AEW Dynamite. So we'll be right back after this, and we're back. So now we're gonna go to NXT Takeover 30, and the first match that started off was Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. Uh, a classic, I could say, a classic, because it was really like Timothy Thatcher's style of wrestling, which is a lot of submission moves. Timothy Thatcher, I saw him when he was wrestling in Major League Wrestling, and that's his style. Him and David Boy Smith had a great match back last, uh, I think, over the winter time. But Timothy Thatcher was using a lot of submission moves on Finn Balor. Balor uh, was um, favoring a knee injury that I think he suffered a couple of weeks ago. Timothy was working on that. He was working on his leg. He was working on his arm. He worked on everything. But Finn Balor showed his true guts and pretty much came back and tried to fight um, Thatcher as best as he can. Um, and at the end of the night, um, Finn Balor ends up winning this match. This match was pretty good. Uh, shows uh, Timothy Thatcher's style of wrestling. He may be... He, a lot of people may not like his style. I like it. He reminds me of Zack Sabre Jr. Because uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is like that. He's the master of the mission most. But Timothy Thatcher is in, in that category. So he does very well when it comes to submission moves and all that stuff. So it was it was a good match. I mean, it pushed Finn Balor to, uh, to his potential. The next match was the North American ladder title match. This was nuts because you had Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Cameron Grimes, and Velveteen Dream. And this was chaotic. Bronson Reed, i never seen him before till last night. He has an incredible strength. He hit a swanton bomb on Gargano. And Dream, while they were under the ladder, they both were under the ladder, and he just did a swanton bomb on top of the ladder while these guys were under it. I was like, yo, this dude is nuts. Um, Gargano and Dream then trying to team up using the ladder on Priest and Reed. Then all of a sudden, Gargano turned on Dream. Uh, Brunson crushed all their, uh, his opponents when they were, they all had ladders in their hand. Someone, yeah, they were all piled up in a corner, and Bronson Reed just went and blasting them with a, like a splash, like a stinger splash in the corner and crushed everybody in that corner. Where Velveteen Dream was dangling from the top rope, uh, sitting on the top rope, and every time they kept throwing people, he kept getting hit with the damn ladder. So, um, so Gargano then super kicked Priest when he tried to do a, a, move, rope, a move on the ropes. Uh, he caught him real good. Uh, then... Um, Another part that I like was when Priest ran up the ladder uh, while the ladder was dangling from the top rope. He ran on the ladder and then just dove off the top rope, flipped on top of all his opponents. But then in the minute, right in the middle of the match, Candice LeRae gets involved. Uh, but she paid the price because while um, Bronson and while Bronson and Gargano were going at it up the ladder, Gargano fell. So Bronson is going up the up the ladder, and here comes uh, Candice LeRae hanging up from the back of Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed goes to the top of the ladder and dove from the top of the ladder with Candice LeRae on his back, landed on Johnny Gargano. It was it was sick. 
It was a sick move. Um, Damian Priest um, ends up winning the whole thing out of everybody. Punishment Martinez, as I know him in Ring of Honor. Well, Damian Priest now is now your new North American champion. Uh, I was very happy for him. A New York native, a New York uh, native Puerto Rican, just like me. And, um, and he wins the title. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see how his North American title run goes. I'm very happy for him because I've seen Damian Priest from his days in Ring of Honor, Ponce Martinez. He used to botch a lot. He was so green. And I'm happy that he's actually the uh, North American champion. Then we have the match that I was very looking for. And I might be very, very negative on a lot of stuff on this one. And it was Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Um, I was not happy when they first announced this match. Because I said to myself, why is WWE, and I spoke about this with my roommate yesterday, why is WWE putting an NFL player against Adam Cole, the longest NXT champion? And not only that, this match outshines the the NXT title match, the world title match, I guess, between Keith Lee and... Cam, uh, Chris, uh, Cameron Cross or Karen Cross, whatever they call I call him Killer Cross. All right. So I'm saying to myself, okay, why are they doing that? So as the match progressed, uh, I hear Corey Graves already, you know, sucking on it because he's just annoying when he's on the mic. And putting McAfee up there, ah, oh, he's great. He has accomplished it. The guy was a Dan punter in the NFL. Okay, all he did was kick a football. Okay, so you're making it sound like he's done so much stuff in the NFL, MVP. No, no, he might have won a Super Bowl. Uh, other than that, I don't think anything else. But anyway, the match started, and then uh, McAfee, um, Mac, uh, McAfee brought in his little football buddy. So they tried to, like jump Adam Cole. That undisputed era had came out earlier, but left and let. And by himself, but they had to come back out because McAfee's um, guys were out there. And so, so now big commotion goes on, whatever. And they understand Pat, uh, Pat McAfee ends up jumping from the top of the row onto everybody on the, on, the, on the floor. And everybody's going crazy. So while he's doing that, now he has advantage of the match. Um, a couple of times, Adam Cole could have caught him with a super kick. And he kept saying he only got two weeks. Of, he had two weeks to prepare to the, the match, and he's giving Cole uh, a hard time. It was a decent match. McAfee showed he has some knowledge, but I still feel he should not have given Adam Cole a hard time. That much hard time? I, I don't. I don't think so. There's no way in the world a guy like Adam Cole, who's been around for years in wrestling, to wrestle a punter in NFL, and he gave Adam Cole a hard time. I love what Adam Cole did. He's, he gave him the, the, the Panama Sunrise on him. Um, he super kicked him. I mean, it, it was decent. I don't have a lot. I just, I'm not happy with the fact that you just took the longest reigning Adam, longest reigning NXT champ, Adam Cole, baby, and put him in a match with a football player. How does that make any sense? You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't. But Adam Cole wins that one. So that was pretty good. 
NXT Women's Title Match. Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. Uh, Shirai uh, almost knocked herself out after she tried to do a flip. I don't know what she was doing, but she did it. She landed on her head, almost knocking herself out. Um, Raquel Gonzalez was a factor already in the match, and she kind of like distracted Io Shirai. Dakota Kai was working on Io Shirai's arm throughout the whole match. Um, so that was the same for Dakota Kai. She's working on Io Shirai's arm. Io showing her true colors, uh, what she's made of, and end up. Um, well, actually, she could have pinned Dakota Kai, but the referee was knocked down. Then Raquel Gonzalez gets in. She kind of like picks up Io Shirai and kind of power bombs her, and uh, Io still got out. Um, Io ended up beating Dakota Kai, um, Dakota Kai, winning the match. But then Gonzalez attacks Io afterwards and out of nowhere Rhea Ripley comes in and it was like a face off my girl Rhea Ripley I love that girl I don't know something about her but um so it was a nice little standoff Raquel Gonzalez is a tall chick because Rhea Ripley is tall so Raquel Gonzalez is much taller and that's gonna probably be for the next takeover of soon the next match was the NXT title match that I was looking forward to. Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Uh, Karrion uh, took control after working on Keith Lee's arm. Uh, it was a grueling match. At one point, um, you saw Karrion Cross get hurt. It was I think it was a body slam or something. He, he landed wrong, and you could see him holding his shoulder. He got... Um, after the match, uh, there was a report he got separated shoulder. They don't know if he's going to have surgery or not. They were gonna, he's going to see the MRI either today or Monday. But um, this was a good match, and I, and I love how, um, how you call it? These two went at it. They um, uh, crossed just with that with Saito's uh, side suplex. It was deadly. And when he did it the first time, then he did it the second time from the second row. To beat Keith Lee, that goes to show you. The only thing I don't understand, why was Keith Lee NXT title run that short? Are they planning to bring him up the roster? That's the only thing I can think of. They made him the champion. Okay, now you got NXT, you're NXT champion for a month. Now we're going to bring you up. That's what, it, that's what I could think of. They're going to bring him up. Because this was very short. I mean, he beat Adam Cole... The first week of July, American Bass, that was like a month ago, 30 days. And now he loses the belt to Karrion Cross, And that belt might be um, forfeit because uh, uh, if Karrion Cross needs surgery, then he's going to end up forfeiting that belt. So that's not going to be looking good for them. But overall, the whole, um, the whole, the whole show was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't bad. Um, I was expecting. I guess they did it probably for the pre-show, which was the, the Legato, uh, Brenzango, and the other tag team. I guess they did that before the show started at seven. So that's like I'm waiting to see if that match and match never happened. I guess they I put it on exactly at seven. But um, yeah, so it was um, it was decent. It was a great date. Uh, a weekend. I, I say this. Put it this way. It was the a heel weekend because all the heels won big, big matches. Kenta won the World uh, New Japan Cup USA Final Cup. Um, Brody Lee 
murdered Cody in his match, and not literally, but just destroyed him. And then Killer Cross becomes the NXT champion. So, um, a great week, a great week, um, to a great weekend actually for wrestling. Uh, in other news, real quick, um, Thunder Rosa. Now, a lot of people saw Thunder Rosa last night. As of yesterday, what I read online either this morning or yesterday, I don't recall when it was, but Thunder Rosa and NWA came to terms uh, to releasing her. Uh, so I don't know if she's going to keep that NWA belt or that she got to bring her back. But she did sign with AEW, so she signed with AEW. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, and I think that's about it for the week. Also, Buff Backwell, if I didn't mention this on Thursday, Buff Backwell got into an accident. Uh, and now they're reporting that he was under the influence. So, Buff Backwell, 50 years old. This guy is lucky to be alive after what happened to him in 1998 in a tag team match between the Steiner brothers and Norton and Backwell when um, Rick Steiner did a bulldog from the top rope and he landed wrong and he almost lost his life on that one. So, so you can see Mark, Mr. Bagwell is on the influence. He's messing around with drugs. I don't know what type, but they're painkillers, whatever it is. Um, but they say that he showed up at some, some show and he didn't look that well. So, um, hopefully he, you know, come turns, comes around, whatever. Anyway, this is the end of the show. It was a long show. This is the first time I did three of these. I haven't done this since last summer. Um. So it was overall, it was a great show. I cannot wait to see what happens with um, AEW with the Brody Lee situation. That was chaotic. Like I said, what's going to happen? The elite didn't even come out to help Cody. So you could tell right there that uh, Cody's no longer part of the elite. So the elite could turn, could turn, um, they could turn um, heel. I, I could see it just like the way they first started. As far as New Japan, now they're going to do the um, Fighting Spirit Unleashed Tour. It's going to start Friday. I guess they're going to do this every Friday, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, I love watching New Japan wrestling, so that's something to me to watch. And then next week, the, I know Evil and Aido are going to add it again at Summer Struggles. There's the King of Pro Wrestling Tournament going on in Japan. It starts, I think, this week. So there's a lot of things going on with New Japan. And um, I might talk about New Japan stuff maybe next weekend and just all New Japan stuff because a lot of podcasts do not talk about New Japan. So as far as NXT is concerned, it's going to be interesting now. You got uh, Damian Priest, the new North American champion. Karrion uh, Car- uh, Cross is now your NXT champion. But how long is he? Did he get hurt? Does he going to need surgery? We don't know. But uh, follow me at... Uh, at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find me on my YouTube channel, The Chokesland Wrestling Report. I'm available also on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Popbean, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and any major platforms that you guys like to listen to your audio podcast. The uh, YouTube channel, I have lots of contents there. Um, as far as videos concerned, a lot of videos. A lot of concerts, guys, you could go check it out. Also, you could check out the links on top of my YouTube video. They got the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Anchor, and many other stuff. So you guys could check that out. Until then, guys, I appreciate listening to listening to me one more time. 
Uh, and thank you for your support. Thank you for all the Twitters, podcasters out there supporting my podcast. Same way I will support you guys. So we all here to support each other in the community. Until then, guys, enjoy your Sunday. Keep yourself safe. Wear that mask. And I'll see you on Thursday. Good night.